And let's just up here, yeah? Uh. everyone so i wanted to come on here and talk a little bit about colorism it has been a hot topic of discussion for about past couple weeks or so basically on like tiktok twitter and youtube many are attempting to define what colorism is and explain the effects that it has on the black community but i'm noticing that not very much research is being done on the subject before it's being discussed leading to inconsistent and incorrect ideals of colorism. Uh, I do want to start by commending Mona Leo for her delicate words on the subject in her recent interview with Megan James from Bad Girls Club. Okay, so this is a very important question because I be battling people with this question all the time. Okay. Do you believe in colorism and do you feel like it's easier as a, a female rapper to like make it big when you're like of a lighter complexion? Believe in colorism. Colorism is very real. It's yeah. a very real thing. For sure, and I, it definitely is easier for, not to take away from anybody who is light, who is a light skinned rapper, but it's definitely easier for a woman with a lighter complexion to blow up quicker than a dark skinned woman, for sure. One thing I could tell about Mona Leo in this conversation is that she has done her research on colorism, okay? She knows a thing or two about how things go in the industry, and I really can appreciate her knowledge in this interview, but let's proceed. Why do you feel that it's easier for a lighter skin, like a lotto, to blow up versus a cash doll? When our ancestors were slaves, the darker skin slaves were in the field. We, they were outside, they were doing hard labor, and the lighter skin people were in the house. In the house. Mm -hmm. And that is like, it just trickled down. And I really appreciate Megan James for opening up this conversation on her show. Girl, shout out to you because, baby, I seen you pulling up on BGC, period. I seen you out there, Megan. Okay. I'm a BGC fan, girl. I'm a little ratchet, so <laughs> y'all gonna have to bear with me tonight. Anyway, so I can tell that Mona Leo has done her research, but it appears to me that Megan seems as though she knows a little bit about colorism and she's experienced it as well, but she doesn't really know exactly what colorism is. It is the lack of understanding of colorism that is becoming very problematic within the discussion of this issue. The division and separation of the plight. Discussing this subject without fully understanding the implications of colorism is only conducive to perpetuating misplaced anger among the black community when the fight of colorism is much greater than light skin versus dark skin. Today, I'd like to give you a broader idea of colorism and how it affects not only the black community, but other races around the world as well. While the black community is heavily influenced by the effects of colorism, we must also acknowledge the effects that it has on other races to better conceptualize the permeation of colorism throughout different cultures. It is very important that we fully encapsulate the definition of colorism because it is much more intricate than many may care to believe. I used to get made up fun of at school because I wasn't black enough. Bitches used to try to cut my hair. Like, people be thinking that, like, light-skinned girls don't go through colorism. We go through colorism just... I don't know if it's, like, as bad as, like, well, it's not like, girls. Well, who... It's not colorism. It's not colorism. If you're light-skinned, it's not colorism. So what is it called? It's not colorism. Like, colorism well, is, is discrimination white? against darker skin, complected, like... 
All right, so let's get into it. I began my research on colorism in about the fourth or fifth grade. As a young, dark-skinned girl that moved to a predominantly white town, I became an outcast within my own community. Every time I would try to hang out with the black people, I was too black. And that's just what it was. I honestly didn't even know I was dark-skinned until I moved into this environment. I just thought I was black. I knew what I looked like. I was dark-skinned, but I didn't know that my dark skin was a problem until I moved into a community where the environment was predominantly white. I began my research because I couldn't understand why people of my own race in fourth grade were not receptive of me because of my own skin tone. People just as black as me telling me that I was ugly because of my skin tone. Real talk. I needed an explanation, damn it. I began my research and I stumbled across Frederick Douglass's analysis of the color line written in June of 1881. It is a 12-page paper where he analyzes the anomaly of the color distance between Europeans and minorities. He also dissects whether it has a right to be a part of human nature. He appeals to Eurocentricity by pointing out the many violations of the African Americans' basic human rights. He states, the truth is that rich men, especially mean men, want to have something under them. The rich man would have the poor man, the white man would have the black, the Irish would have the Negro, and the Negro would have the dog. If he can get nothing higher in the scale of intelligence to dominate. In this illustration, he was referring to the color line between blacks and whites in racism. The interracial implications of discrimination based on the color of one's skin. A long-standing prejudice based on oligarchy. Oligarchy meaning whoever is most dominant within a social, political, or economic environment has the most power or influence, which brings me to my next point. It only trickles down with the black community being at the bottom of the totem pole solely because of our skin tone. This was all a part of a not-so-sinister-anymore plan where people actively set out to promote division based on race. People like Willie Lynch... And let's just point the finger at this mother And this is why we say the Willie Lynch letter did a number on you niggas. Because it still affects us to this day. To this day. To this day. To this day. You just sit here and you don't know what I'm talking about? Willie wrote a letter instructing Europeans on methods to create and foster division among enslaved or minority communities. The Willie Lynch letter was a speech delivered by Willie after he was invited to the colony of Virginia to teach his methods to slave owners. Willie revealed to them the differences among the people within the race and said, Okay, I'm gonna put on my best voice of Willie. I shall assure you that distrust is stronger than envy and stronger than adulation, respect, or admiration. The black slaves shall carry on and will become self-refueling and self-regenerating for hundreds of years, maybe even thousands. This mother... Look, this was written in 1712, and 176 years later, Frederick Douglass is addressing the color line. And look where we at today, still addressing colorism. So he never told a lie. He never lied. Yeah, so not only did this letter divert slave owners to methods of systematic racism, but he also ensured slave owners that this would foster intraracial, I-N-T-R-A, intraracial division based on their proximity to whiteness, i.e., skin. 
skin tone, features, employment status, education, and the like for years to come. Interracial, meaning within the same race. Consequently, interracial, meaning different race, and intraracial judgments are formed by perceptions of skin tone rooted in racism. This leads to prejudice based on these said judgments. Alright, so colorism is the intraracial discrimination of individuals by skin tone based on Eurocentricity. Alice Walker was actually credited with coining the term in part three of her book called In Search of Our Mother's Gardens, A Woman's Prose, written in 1983. She says, unless the question of colorism is addressed in our community, we cannot, as a people, progress. In this instance, she was referring to the dynamic between light-skinned and dark-skinned people, suggesting that light-skinned people should have a more conscious awareness to the capability that colorism could be an advantage to them, consequently inflicting unconscious harm to their dark-skinned counterparts. She refers to it as prejudicial or preferential treatment of same-race people based solely on skin tone. Colorism is identified as an ethnic taboo in which those who suffered may be unaware of its effects. It's the thing of which we do not speak, but it's well known. In 1986, Edward Jones defined colorism as an attitude or a predisposition to act in a certain manner because of a person's skin color. Colorism is rooted in the inherent associations with the color black. Though many people within the black race are brown, the word alone is associated with evil, death, dirt, depression, being tainted, and more, while whiteness is associated with purity, cleanliness, and holiness. Not only this, but our human basic rights have been consistently violated, denigrating the worth of the black person because of their skin tone. Anti-black imagery was always being pushed in the media. Mammies, for example, depicted as obese, uneducated, very dark skin, and just servants to white people. Also, the sexual exploitation of black male and female slaves through rape, which brought about many of the discriminations between skin tone and things like that, a byproduct of slavery, as well as the coon caricature that depicted dark-skinned black men as lazy, easily frightened, chronically idle, inarticulate buffoons, they were destined to be perpetual children, loyal servants, but incapable of living independently. Much like colorism, racism was based on a lot of extraneous lies about race that had nothing to do with the realities of everyday interracial dynamics. You know what they say, lies spread faster than the truth. Many scholars have since provided alternate definitions of colorism, and when it comes to the research conducted solely on the black community, a lot of it focuses on the dynamics between light-skinned and dark-skinned people within the community. Much of the research also only focuses on the dynamics between light-skinned and dark-skinned women and their experiences. Not much research has been provided on the dynamics of colorism between dark-skinned black men and other dark-skinned black men, but I did manage to find a research study that was done that basically explored black men's experience with colorism. So a lot of the research about colorism is kind of limited, but the understanding of what it is, is is pretty across the board. And I say that because colorism, the word, is applied to many different dynamics of this same issue within different races. While the dynamics between light-skinned and dark-skinned people within the black community is a huge aspect of colorism, we must take an even closer look at the definition provided to us by Alice Walker. It is the intraracial 
prejudice or in-group discrimination based on skin tone, meaning within a specific racial group, a person can experience discrimination or prejudice because of their proximity to whiteness. Prejudice is a preconceived opinion, not based on a reason or actual experience. An opinion about a person or group of people. It's most often associated with the dislike of a particular group, which can lead to discrimination. A person can also experience favorable treatment because of prejudice. Prejudice is characterized as the symbolic transfer of value-laden meanings content on a socially formed category and then onto individuals who are taken to belong to that category and is perpetuated by resistance to change and overgeneralization. Racism and colorism are both plagued by prejudice and it determines the influence that these discriminations can have on a particular interracial or intraracial setting. Colorism contributes to low self-esteem, low self-confidence, self-hatred, excessive skin bleaching, familial issues, and other various economic, educational, and political disadvantages in many communities. It has been suggested that the biases faced through colorism can lead to great harm for women, especially women of the African or the black race. Considering the fact that skin complexion plays a major role in the development of a person's self-esteem, the stigma of skin complexion can lead to feelings of shame, blame, and hopelessness not to mention feelings of rejection or being outcasted. As some studies have suggested that racial in-group rejection may be especially harmful or hurtful, there are greater emotional consequences that come from in-group rejection because in-group loyalty expectations are violated. In-group exclusion is considered a non-prototypical form of discrimination. So as previously stated, colorism affects many different cultures interracially, not just the black community. Through these interracial influences of colorism, we are able to see how it is all based on Eurocentricity. India is greatly affected by colorism, while a majority of the race has a darker complexion, not only socially, but economically and politically. They promote skin whitening, which encourages dark-skinned people to assimilate to whiteness because of the prominently recognized beauty standards displayed by Eurocentric media. During British colonization, it was embedded that fair-skinned people were the ruling class. This way of thinking also permeated the caste system, which can determine one's socioeconomic status in India. The caste system in India is an ethnographic class system. It has become the basis of affirmative action programs in India, much like America. It's considered a unique effect of colorism, but arranged marriages in India discriminate against dark-skinned people. Even dating apps allow you to filter people by skin tone. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny. I'm sorry, that is so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, skin lightening is also highly advertised. In the Asian culture, many men and women experience featureism, a byproduct of colorism and Eurocentricity. Since being exposed to Western beauty standards, skin bleaching and lightening products are a huge business in Asia and are easily accessible. They're even advertised heavily in commercials, on billboards, and more. It is even encouraged to stay out of the sun from fear of getting darker. <laughs> 
Latino communities also face colorism. They use labels tied to their hair type, skin color, and facial features. These labels are categories determined by proximity to blackness within the Latin community. In a study conducted in March 2021, 57% of Latino adults said that skin color shaped their daily life and experiences. 62% said having dark skin makes it hard to get ahead. So we see colorism not only affects the black community, but other races as well. Many would go so far as to say that it is a form of interracial or in-group racism but honestly it's more so a just a facet of racism it's like a byproduct you know it's just kind of like trickles down you know alternative definitions of colorism has been defined since the term made its debut in alice walker's book in 1983 and many definitions make reference to a light skin versus dark skin rhetoric regarding the black community even while doing my research on colorism, most of the studies done on the subject focused on the dynamics of colorism between dark-skinned women and light-skinned women, citing the privileges received by light-skinned women and the disadvantages received by dark-skinned women, completely ignoring the fact that it is in-group discrimination. Primarily for the black community, it is a social hierarchy. As backwards as that sounds, this is why people call it a form of racism depending on the environment. A black person's proximity to whiteness when dealing with interracial situations can make or break them socially, depending on the social environment, school, work, or a party, etc. If the environment is more homogenous, meaning filled with people of the same race, complexion, whatever group is most visibly dominant within the specified group, that group has the power and determines the trajectory of the social hierarchy. For example, if it's a black party, most people at the party could be dark-skinned. If everyone's dark-skinned, and you are one of the only light-skinned people in the environment, you stand out, making you susceptible to prejudice of some sort. Prejudice can either affect someone positively or negatively. So one can benefit or it can be a disadvantage and they could be outcasted and discriminated against because they don't look like what the majority values. Reasons why I mentioned it's rooted in oligarchy and so it just kind of trickles down, you know, from tier to tier to tier. The issue with the discussion being solely about light skin versus dark skin is that it doesn't account for the discriminations faced by individuals within the same group of the same skin complexion. Here recently, a chef slash district attorney was accused of allegedly being a colorist, blasting his stereotypical biases all over Twitter to disparage dark-skinned black women. The picture of this person to me depicted a man maybe two to three shades brighter than me. In a couple of the essays used for this project, researchers cited that there is an animosity among the black community based on proximity to whiteness because of racism. However, the stratification of groups based on skin tone or other features is widely understood to be merely a race-based social construction, not based on biology. That's one of y'all favorite words where y'all be like, it's a social construct. Yeah, baby. Colorism, the research says it's a social construct, not based on biology. Anyway, in 1902, Charles Horton Cooley introduced his concept of the looking glass self. He wanted to understand group and social behaviors based on social interactions. 
he used the term to refer to the idea that people shape their self-concepts based on their understanding of how others perceive them many researchers refer to cooley's concept of the looking glass to illustrate how the study of colorism is also a study of self-concept based on how others perceived skin color researchers know that colorism inside the race is arguably more complicated partly because of its connections with women's attractiveness it's hard to be a woman out here researchers say that light-skinned women are simultaneously advantaged and disadvantaged for this reason light skin may act as a kind of currency in one situation facilitating entry and a source of exclusion in another black men pay more attention to light-skinned women because of their attractiveness this is a sharp contrast to perceptions of dark-skinned women who are regarded as less attractive however there are penalties associated with light skin tone within the black race for example some light-skinned women are stereotyped as snobby or not black enough this is from the research perhaps because light-skinned women are less prototypical in appearance their female counterparts may assume that they do not share their experiences of oppression. Consequently, attractive light-skinned women may appraise in-group colorism since darker women may socially exclude them. Now that's exactly what Megan was talking about. I used to get made up fun of at school because I wasn't black enough. Bitches used to try to cut my hair. Like, people be thinking that like light-skinned girls don't go through colorism. We go through colorism to so people. So you're basically talking about reverse Well, colorism. reverse colorism then. Because they used to be like, you ain't even black for real. You're white. Go over there with the white girls. And I'm just like, bitch. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, interesting. I am black, actually. Yeah, that's an interesting experience. Yeah. I and this is what I was referring to, the long-standing animosity that's been brewing within the black community leads to resentment from darker-skinned women to lighter-skinned women, and then lighter-skinned women feeling excluded by darker-skinned people. Same thing for our black men when it comes to lighter-skinned men. So referring back to the DEA, I mean, I don't know. It seems like people were mind-blown about that. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I expect nothing different. From my experience, it seems that black men are the biggest biggest proponents of colorism in the black community. Many black men on social media have been participating in regularly disparaging women of their own race because of oligarchy. Think about the amount of videos we see of dark-skinned black men disparaging women that look just like them. The women that stood right beside them and also suffered from Eurocentric denigration because of the complexion of their own skin. It's sickening. Black males are the biggest proponents of colorism within the black race, while the finger continues to be pointed towards dark-skinned women and light-skinned women. This is an us issue, though. We have to see ourselves as enough our skin tone, our history, our features. But many people don't and it shows. It's amazing the way people try to escape black features. Even associations with Africa are offensive to some African Americans. But when we start talking about reparations, they be the loudest ones. People are simply not being honest with themselves when it comes to this issue. Coloristic TikToks targeting the emasculation of light-skinned men versus dark-skinned men affects their demographic as well. No one wins when the family feuds. I'm not bashing black men. I'm just saying, let's be for real. If we're going to talk about it, let's talk about colorism. There is no such thing as reverse colorism. It's an umbrella term, y'all. It's a problem that needs to be addressed. 
from peer to peer, from color to color, from group to group, environment to environment. What is y'all problem with y'all fellow black person for real? I put this whole thing together to explain to y'all there ain't no such a thing as reverse colorism, but to also magnify the fact that it is an intraracial discrimination, meaning in group or within the same race, and the prejudice experienced by a person can either be positive or negative, meaning it goes both ways and anybody can get it anywhere on a spectrum of prejudice. Please look up the word. One study mentioned that the effects of colorism can be thwarted by self-actualization or self-mastery, meaning learning how to embrace your skin tone outside of these social values, learning how to embrace who you are as a person. Although they did say that in-group racial discrimination is highly detrimental to someone's self-image, but there are ways to find yourself and find peace outside of those societal values and whatnot and gain mastery of self period researchers found that women with higher self-mastery reported lower out-group colorism and it also reported lower in-group colorism meaning they had mastered themselves so well that stuff didn't even touch them if it did they didn't even know it they didn't even care and that's what self-mastery is all about being confident in the skin you're in seeing you seeing your beauty as a young dark-skinned girl i did not see myself for a long time and i think that that's what the world wants us to do that's what people want you to do they want you to be quiet they don't want you to love yourself but when i actually started to look really look into that mirror and really look into that pain that i experienced even as a child i found my strength i didn't know I didn't know, Whitney. I did not know. And that time in my life became a newfound strength once I became solid within my self-mastery journey. There is a certain type of persistence and resilience that is born within someone who faces adversities like colorism from people of their own social group, considering the basic human need of wanting to feel accepted. Truth be told, when a person loves themselves and you can see it on them, ain't nothing like it. Because society tries to keep people, especially black people, dark-skinned black people from loving themselves. I've been told no one would find me attractive, even that I look better light-skinned. Considering the definition of colorism and the prejudice, the fact that it can be experienced negatively and positively within in-group settings, I would be remiss if I didn't state that I sometimes benefit from colorism and also featureism, which is kind of like a byproduct of colorism. You know, it just kind of trickles down within prejudice. If you look up that prejudice definition on Wikipedia, it shows you everything you need to know. I'm going to put the link in the bio so it'll be easy for y'all it's literally a two-sided coin because i get comments like oh you can't be fully black because you too pretty or um oh you you look better than these other dark-skinned girls not all dark-skinned girls are pretty like first of all i just want to say this like do y'all niggas even look at dark-skinned women's faces when you're talking to them at all or like okay i don't know anyway um, I'm just so glad that we're finally opening up this conversation about colorism and, you know, we're starting to open our eyes to, you know, what's really going on in our community. 
I truly believe we grew up during a time where it was just easier to run away from our skin tone instead of just embracing it. And now I just feel like, you know, it's out in the open, guys. Let's talk about colorism if we're going to talk about it. Let's educate ourselves about colorism. And let's actually listen to each other and validate each other's points. At the end of the day, just because somebody was light-skinned and they benefited from colorism, that does not mean that they didn't experience colorism altogether. And then when it comes to dark-skinned women, just because a dark-skinned woman talks about her journey through colorism, that does not mean she's bitter. Do you understand? They're telling you in the research, it is detrimental to somebody's mental health. It's detrimental to somebody's self-esteem, their self-image. I don't understand y'all because I mean, I go where I'm appreciated. I need young, dark-skinned black girls to live out loud because you're beautiful too. Go where you're appreciated and don't let somebody else determine your outlook on your skin tone or who you become or how you see yourself. Even a light-skinned woman, don't let nobody else do that to you, period. But I just thank God for, you know, being able to reevaluate yourself, being able to reinvent yourself, being able to have the space to explore who you are and understanding more about yourself because that type of stuff can really become a detriment to your mental health. A lot of the stories that come up in the conversation of colorism, I believe that a lot of people use the example of high school or grade school days because that's where we were most affected by it. That's where we were defining ourselves as young children. It even states it in the research, basically that like as a child, it's developed within your household, within your learning environments. Yeah, right here it says, colorism is acquired by children through interactions with family members and their local communities but primarily their parents during the early ages some parents were heavily impacted by color bias so yeah it makes sense it only trickles down you know and at the end of the day man i i just got one question for black men and i hate number one that they don't have as much research about the subject when it comes to you know the dynamics between black men especially dark-skinned black men versus dark-skinned black men i just find it so funny that there's so much research about dark-skinned women versus light-skinned women i feel like it only just fuels this back and forth narrative and that's not the case y'all what's going on here that's a problem and please do your research on colorism people oh my goodness if you don't use the materials that i have provided below use google for more than just the damn search bar okay okay that's all i gotta say okay all right so y'all thank you so much for tuning in with me because this has been a long one okay if you ain't got no facts statistics or percentages i don't want to hear it you wanna argue I can't argue with hoes that ain't did research. F you got me f***ed up. Do your research on colorism. If you give a f*** about the community, do your research on the issues before opening your mouth. Please, I feel the ancestors. They coming. They rising. God, Lord, help us. Anyway, y'all have a blessed Sunday or a blessed day. But it's 2023. We going up. I thank y'all for tuning in with a young, rich banane. Because what? A got something to say anyway y'all have a good night bye